This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 656 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, The Murdoch Method, and Total Saddle Fit. On today's show, we're going to be talking to Bobby Carlton about preparing for competitions. After that, Ruth Hogan Paulson will come on to discuss a very popular charity event in Wellington, the Challenge of the Americas Quadrille. Then Wendy Murdoch will be here for our great monthly chat, and Reese and I will bring you a trainer tip. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Snowy Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. <laughs> I should have said sunny Loxahatchee, Florida. I'm sorry, it is sunny. <laughs> and it was a little warm today with a little 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 breezy today here, but uh, not gonna complain at all. Okay, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, when the palm fronds, again, you know, Florida is an interesting place, and it, my horses do get some uh you know, they get wildlife because we're next to a canal and today it was quite windy. So I was riding and thankfully it was bingo. So my, my best horse, and he really is quite a gentleman. And I mean, two palm fronds fly down and two fly across the ring. And thank God I was on him because I mean, it scared me just as much as he scared him. And he settled in before I, I mean, my heart was going. And, uh, so I was quite spooky <laughs> and bingo just kind of stopped and looked at it and he's like, Oh, it's okay. So it was sweet. So I was glad I was on him for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have this, the snow falling off the roof situation happening, uh, because it's yeah. <laughs> kind of warmed up a little bit this week. So this, you know, the snow and then, I mean, I think most, of, most of my horse is okay, but really I'm not. You know, I mean, right. I might be just years from from riding young horses and sort of yeah. you get to expect a spook. And then and then, you know, there's no excuse for the horse when the rider is spooking. Then the horse is like, what's going on? What's wrong? You know, right, so right, right. Exactly. To, like, you know, in those situations, I'm just like, oh, I know the horses are good, but I'm not. And I'm not good. Well, every, <laughs> yeah. I sympathize. I, I was the same when when that happened. Um, yeah. Similar type spooking situations. And you're like, Oh my gosh, stuff's flying from the ceiling and flying from trees. And you know, my horses at home are in inside and in Florida, we train outside. So it is, it is a good thing that they get used to it. But, uh, I was, I was glad I was on my steady Eddie when that happened today. For yeah, it's, sure. It's, it's a, it's a rider spooking the horse sort of situation. Yeah, it was. I was like, Oh my gosh, uh, it was crazy. Oh, but uh, All good. Oh. All good. Well, yeah, uh, I'm still here, warming. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you're still here. That's good. <laughs> we like we like you, so we're we're glad that that's happening. I love it. I love it. Well, goodness, we've had a busy week here in Florida. Now season's really in full swing. So uh people have been coming. I had friends stop by today, friends of the show, they stopped by, which was fun. Uh yeah, it's quite busy. I have uh, good friends coming tomorrow with their uh little girl who rides a pony. So I'm gonna show them around Wellington a little bit and um we'll probably go over to the pony ring at WEF. So all good stuff. So we're so, we're quite uh, busy. Uh, is next next week is the five star? Yes. So next week being is held, the five being star. Being held over over across the road. That's right. So the three star will be held at um, 
Global, which is the normal venue with uh, all the other uh, small tour and medium tour and, and the young riders. And then on Wednesday and Friday nights, uh, and I'm sure it will be live streamed so everybody can see it. It will be, they moved it to the bigger venue, uh, which is cool. So WEF is a much bigger yeah, venue. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. uh, really neat, you know, kicking the jumpers yeah. out for two nights. Yeah, they right? do kick the jumpers out. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting, um, I'm really glad they did it. I think it w- it'll be more comfortable for everyone watching and it won't be quite as busy, you know, packed. Global's a pretty tight venue. Actually, from the horse's perspective, I actually think, uh, WEF is a little bit easier because the crowd's pretty far from the arena. Uh, global, the the crowd's a little bit closer. So uh, yeah, so yeah. it'll it'll well, be a great week. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'd encourage everybody to be live streaming that that five star because yes. uh, I think the the biggest names in you know in in our sport and in North America should be there. I think well, a couple a of people have held back their horses. Yeah, mm-hmm. because uh, they campaigned very hard during the Olympics last year. So you know, mm-hmm. a couple of the Olympic horses won't be there, but uh, yeah, it should be a you know a nice big showcase for for dressage. I think it'll be great. So everyone hopefully will be able to live stream. So again, Wednesday and Friday, it's kind of a funny days, but we've got a great show, Phil. So we're going to get the party started right after this break from Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three. Two, one, have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, tonight I'm very excited to have my friend and my neighbor in Florida, Bobby Carlton of Weetog Stables. She's a bronze, silver, and gold medalist and USDF small R judge. Bobby, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't believe it's taken us this long to get you on the show, but I am so glad I finally <laughs> grabbed you. <laughs> oh, me too. This should be fun. I love it. So literally in Florida, when we're both here, you're on the other side of the road. So I walk by and we wave and we, you know, we try to get a few dinners in. So it's, it's part of the fun of being in Wellington and and being together. And you have a great topic, which is pretty good for us right now. We have a show this weekend in our neighborhood, but you wanted to talk about tonight, which I love is getting adult amateurs ready for competition or frankly, getting anybody ready for competition. So I'm going to let you get started. Cool. Um, and it was great because we talked about this the other night, you asked me about doing it and I quickly started writing some notes and then the poor ladies at my barn today, I said, Hey, I'm going to talk to you. I need to ask some questions. Um, you know, and whether it's amateurs or even us professionals, it's like, why, why do we show, you know? And 
Um, myself, I show, it keeps me motivated. Um, up north, we have huge hay fields and it's really easy to get into fun and go around the hay fields. Um, but if I know I have to show an intermediate one or the Grand Prix or my baby in training level, I better have them ready to do that test. So to me, showing uh, keeps me focused and gives me motivation. Um, and a lot of ladies at the barn said that too. It keeps them from just wandering around having fun on their horse, but um, also just motivation to keep learning and, and keep moving on. Some people have goals for regionals or scores for medals, and that's all great. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're riding our horses. We should have fun. And that's, that's what I love to see with people. And uh, I think all of us have fear at some point. But, you know, with the adults, you know, I was talking to some of them. It's okay. What is, what is the least favorite part or what is your biggest fear of showing? And obviously, the fear of getting hurt is not a good one. You know, we, we try not to have, get into that situation. And is it just because we're nervous or is it, you know, obviously if you have a naughty horse, you want to seek out help and, and get someone that can help you get that horse safe to show. And that being said, if you get to a show and either because of your nerves or your horse is green, if they're not feeling safe, you don't need to get on. You don't need to prove anything, whether you're professional or amateur, you don't need to prove anything to anybody. So do keep yourself safe. What's a great situation for us, you know, we're up in the North and uh, we actually attend, you know, pretty much all summer, you know, multiple day shows. So it's really typical for for me and my clients that I would, you know, for especially the first show is to, you know, we, we bring the horse to a show. I do the first day. That's usually a Thursday we, we ship in. Thursday we ship in and I would warm the horse up and, you know, um, give it some ring experience. And then maybe their owner would get on, but but maybe not, right? Just depending on the behavior yep, of the yep. horse. And then perhaps yep. I would, you know, I would show the horse, I would compete the horse on the Friday, you know, for the first two classes. We try to do a couple of, you know, for the for the lower level stuff. Yeah, each horse will probably try to do a couple of classes. For the FEI horses, they they should only be doing uh, one class per day, but. Uh, it depends on the horse, you know, everything's flexible. And, <laughs> and, and so, and so I would compete the horse and they get experience in, in, uh, you know, being in front of a judge and, you know, the warm up is usually a, a tricky situation to navigate. And then perhaps the owner, uh, amateur rider would be, would be the next to, you know, to take the horse on a Saturday or on a Sunday. And, 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 and that's a great way to be progressive in, in the training progressive yep. in, you know, the, yeah. the, the rider sees that the horse is, you know, well-behaved and pretty relaxed. And, you know, even if they've competed the year before, you know, we always like to have a little, little check-in it's long, it's long winters here. And so, uh, when, when we finally get competing in April or May, the horses can be somewhat fresh and, and whatever. But I mean, it's all about mental confidence and, and building a plan yeah. that, that gives a good experience to horse and rider. Well, and I think, exactly. I mean, this happened to me a couple of years ago with the, with, with big Mike, you guys, I talk about him on the podcast a lot. Um, he had shown, um, he's Bobby's favorite. He literally watches Bobby all morning. It's so funny. It's like, he does. She's he's the, the today show. Yeah. He's, she's like the today show. Mike just stands at his paddock and watches what Bobby and her team does. It's hilarious. It's really funny. Um, but, he had already shown a year or two and I had entered our show down the street and we had been to the show multiple times the year before I had schooled him the day before we were showing second level. I'll never forget this because I take him down there. And for whatever reason, the day of the competition, he lost his mind. Like, I don't know what his problem was. Oh, I don't no. know. He just really, he just got there and we were all braided and dressed and my mom was with me and you know, I, I had planned to lunge him anyways. And so, but this like five minutes just to make sure he was safe. 
Uh, no, I mean, I was in there forever. It felt like, and my mom's like, uh, you gotta get on, you gotta get on, you gotta get on. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what, mom, go scratch the class. Like I'm going to, I need to take whatever time this takes today. That's what he presented. And I think it's really important to remember that. Like I wanted to show second level. I was ready. I was there. I was dressed. I was at the horse show, but he was not ready. He just wasn't. And I just, and my mom was even like, come on, let's go. (laughs) She's part owner. But I was like, <laughs> like, no, ma- like, yeah, not I'm not, today, not today, yeah. not today. Like, and so I, we scratched and I lunged him and I rode him and did what I felt like I needed to do. And then we brought him home and then we went back the next day, braided, ready to go, same routine. And he was perfect. And he won his class with a good yep. score. So I think that's important to remember, even, you know, you have three professional riders here, but it happens to all of us. And it's okay. To all of us. I had a young mare yep. a few years ago and she was doing so well all summer. I said, oh, you want me to take her hits? We're going to hits. Oh, yeah, take her. <laughs> what was I thinking? So I signed yeah. her up and we get there and she was rearing in the stall, spinning in the stall. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting on that. Take her out to lunch her and she's like a lipazon. I'm like, oh, goodness. Yeah. But like Philip was saying, it's like, you know, by the end of the weekend, we were going around. She actually got a 70% from a tougher judge um, at, on the Sunday. And the scribe after our test is like, you know, that's her first show. And they couldn't believe it. But, you know, the first day it wasn't like that, you know, and uh, had someone holding me, leading me to the warm up because I didn't want to cause anyone else problems. But, yeah, we have to take your time with these things. Right. And yeah. uh, And it's okay. Above all, be safe. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, what's the next one, Bobby? What else you got for us? Um, so, okay, so we're going to consider that we get to the show and we're all feeling good and our horse is behaving. So then other things can go through people's minds. And um, so if you're if you're all safe, we're, we're going to clear that. That's all good. Jane Savoy had a great ism. She said, take your worst fear and put so what in front of it. So I'd ask this lady, what's your worst fear? Well, I might go off course. It's like, okay, so what if you go off course? We all do it, right? And you just, oh, oh, yeah, oops, I've okay, been there okay, many okay, times. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. So, oh yeah, I got to go left instead of right. Okay. So you go back and you, you do it. And so what if my, you know, my score might not be good. Well, so what if your score is not good? We've all had bad scores. We've all had great scores and who cares? Really at the end of the day, it's okay that your score wasn't great. And then you're going to get that feedback. So that's what I love about dressage, right? You, you can go in and you get your test back and you get your numbers, each score for each movement and why you got that score. Um, and I'm going to flow into all my notes all at once. But, you know, um, once I had a mom and daughter and the daughter wrote at our schooling show and she got a, I don't know, 63, 64 in a training level test. And the mom was all upset because, oh, sixes and sixes. I'm like, well, you know, let me see your test. And, and the judge, you know, good judge, you know, there were sixes, there were some fives, there were some sevens. But with the fives and sixes, you know, look at the comment that the reason is there why you got the six. You, you know, when we're judging, it goes fast. You only have so much time to watch the horse, formulate your comment, get your score down, and then they're ready for the next thing. So at the end of the day, saying, oh, nice circle, six, that doesn't do the rider any good. Why wasn't it a seven, eight, or nine, or ten, right? Was it lacking energy? Was it not supple enough, not correct bending? Was there some tension? So some people look at the comments and go, oh, but the judge is negative. Well, not really. They're, they're better serving you by telling you what's missing. You know, if you're getting a six or lower, what's missing? Why aren't you getting a better score? 
And then, you know, then you can do your homework. And I hope a lot of people, whether it's a friend or a professional, get your right videos because then you can take your test and, and look at your video and say, oh, you know, he's right. My horse wasn't supple enough here. Okay, we got to work on this haunches in or the shoulder in or whatever movement you're having trouble with. And then that's giving you kind of the focus where you have to kind of work to improve things. You know, then you, you have your homework for the next time. So the next time you come out, maybe you go sixes turn into seven, you know, and seven can turn into eight, which is great. Yeah, I, I think I think in uh, you know in getting a test back and watching a video, you have to you have to pay attention to two things. You know, you have to pay attention to the overall impression. You know, you can usually tell what the overall impression is 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 you know if the judge is making the same comment uh, over and over again, lacking impulsion, <laughs> or, or you know that yep. kind of thing, uh, pull too low, or you know just the over an overall look, and then you say you know what, I can go home and I can train that overall impression. Right. And, and then, yeah. and, and you can, you can do it every day all the time. And then the second thing is, you know, you know, are there specific mistakes that you made in the test, uh, that you can, that is not a general, you know, impression kind of thing, but like, is your 20 meter circle too small or, you know, like, and those things are usually pretty easy to, to clear up, you know, like, uh, remember your geometry, go from letter to letter, get on the center line, say straight, you know, those types of things. So, I mean, you know, looking at a test, you can, you can look at, you know, where you lost specific marks and then you can, yep. you can look at the overall impression that the judge got and, and, uh, go ahead and, you know, kind of fix the, those, those kinds of things, whether it's balance or, and, and though that, that kind of stuff will take a lot longer and, and will be more, you know, maybe a couple of months, but, but, if you're looking at, at specific problems, you can clean those up for next day if, if you're doing a multiple day, day show or, or if you're competing, you know, this weekend and then next weekend, you can go, OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to really focus on that. You know, that mistake will get cleared up or or or, you know, this or that thing, you know. So I, I think I think, you know, when you're when you're when you're going back and reviewing a test, you have to kind of think of of, you know, those two sides of it. For sure. For sure. And. uh we all want to improve as we go. That's that's the goal of our our showing, right? And training with our horses, keep them keep them learning, keep us learning, and uh, make every movement better. Uh, well, we had a Nita does the they do these um, Nita know hows, and they had uh, Laura Graves and her mom on at one point last year, and and you know she was talking about her scores were good, right? But she wanted her scores to be better, and they talked about how she wasn't her trainer was talking with her how she wasn't stacking her eights. You know, it's like, okay, your horse can get an eight on each movement, which we would all dream about doing, right? Um, but mm -hmm. she wasn't getting eights in a row. And so then she put her focus to that. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm not focusing on each movement here, and then I'm, I'm missing out points that I should otherwise be getting. Yeah. But that being said, you know, we all have tests, too, where you have, you have that moment of four, three, or two. Something went really bad. Um and again, if it's a good judge, you might give out a two because something really bad happened or didn't something didn't happen that was supposed to. But theoretically, and this happened to me, the very next movement could be a 10, right? So when you do have a problem in a test, you know, got the wrong lead, okay, fix it. Your horse broke, okay, go back to the correct gate. Whatever the problem is, mine was leaping, flying changes, you know, regroup and go on to the next movement and, you know, hey, look, judge, I went right back to work. And if it's a good judge, they leave that two behind and you need to leave that two behind and focus on riding forward and, and riding the rest of your test. Um, yeah. Same with going off course. Oops. And then just go back to work, <laughs> let it go. Cause it already, it already happened. So don't worry about it. 
Well, and I think just, you know, like we're talking about taking time to look at the test and at the numbers that the judges are giving you and going back and, and, and studying that maybe studying the test before or watching your video or really taking time to look at that, I think is really, really important. And I think that's, you know, you know, when I ride a Grand Prix, then I send it off to my team, Phillips on my team. And I'm like, okay, look at this. And he's like, Hey, that was better there, but not as good here. You know, it's, it's a constant sort of review of what you're doing and how you're doing it. And like you said, stack the eights. I love that statement. I'm like, I wrote that down, like stack your eights, like where can you get more <laughs> eights in a row? Right. Or, or sevens, exactly. if you're, you know, depending on what horse you're riding or, or how you're riding or level you're yep. riding or what you're able to do. Like, how can you increase your points and stack that good score? Um, I would love to stack some eights. That would be amazing. Um, be but, nice? um, I, know, I know. Yeah. But I think that's super important as you, as you look forward to showing and, and knowing that, you know, sometimes you have these tests that are absolutely amazing. Sort of like when your day goes well, you're like, right. everything happened exactly how it was supposed to happen today. And then there's times uh, in your day where something goes awry <laughs> and then the rest of your day does not get back on track. Then there's times in your day where you're like, okay, I took a wrong turn. I turned around. I I was okay. Get back on track. And my, the rest of my day was fine. And I think that you kind of have to think of tests that way. Sometimes you just go in and the horses feel amazing. And you're like, yes. And other times you go in and you're like, "Uh oh, oh. (laughs) something happened. So I think that's also part of showing, right. And, And when you have the ability to show a decent amount, you know, and, or in a, in a fairly quick succession, depending on where you are and and all the things. Um, I think that that's important because then you really learn where to focus and, and, and go forward from there. So. Yeah. That's where it might be a little harder for the adult that only has one horse and only does one test a day, you know, where you or I might be able to ride three or four horses a day over the course of the show. And so we get more center lines, you know, and, and I try to tell my students, like, you really want to do at least one class a day because go back in there and you need so many center lines to get comfortable. You know, a friend of mine years ago, she, she says to me, she goes, you know, uh, don't we all wish this, my horse needs to be trained better so I can think about where I'm going in my test. It's like, oh, no, no, you've got that backwards. You need to know your <laughs> test so well that you can focus on riding your horse because I hate to say it, I have not found an autopilot button yet on any of them, um, no matter how nice they are. So, you know, you do want to know your test really well so that you can focus on riding your horse the best he can go that day. And, and it's always about that, right? Like you were saying, they get up on the wrong side of the bed or the right side of the bed, just like us. And we have to ride what we have that day in that test, in that moment, um, and ride it the best we can. Well, One of my no, favorite and like you said, I think there's no teacher-like experience, right? So, oh, for um, sure. You know, the the more the more experience that you can get in the ring and and experience experience everything, experience going off course, experience stepping out of the ring at the uh, you know at the opening or you know like everything's uh, gonna yep. happen with one day or another. <laughs> it happens, yes. Yeah, and, just, and you know, like every time you know, uh, you know, somebody comes out of the ring and they're like, "Oh, this was terrible," and and I just said, "Yeah, I've been there." Yeah, it's happened. Yep. Yeah, I've been there. Like, I I don't think there's anything that can happen to uh, to an inexperienced adult amateur that hasn't already been, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, that that we've all all personally (laughs) been through. You know, like at at this point, I don't think there's a 
uh, a buck or a rear or a wrong lead or something that that you know I haven't done myself. So we we are sympathetic. We've we've been there. We've experienced it. But you know what? We lived. Yeah. So let's let's <laughs> exactly. move on. Let, you know, exactly. let's move on. Let's not get, you know let's not let it ruin our entire day if we had a bad ride and. And we just say, okay, you know, and we're going to go, we're going to go at it again and maybe that'll happen and maybe it won't, but this, you know, that's life, right? Exactly. I was so proud. Um, we were at Kentucky and Reese was right across the mm-hmm. aisle from us, which was great. Um, and I had a student with me and her horse, we called her her little unicorn. He is this perfect little Dutch riding pony. He is always Mr. Perfect. And I only had gone with him and my mare while well, he decided he fell in love with her. So the day of her third level championship, he decided to become a fire breathing dragon and was screaming and his 15 one hands turned into like 16, two or 17 hands. And I was holding her all the way up to schooling. And I was like, Oh gosh, she's not going to want to ride. She's not going to ride. He was so tense and so screaming the whole time. And I let go over into schooling. I said, you are to trot and do not stop. And we made it through schooling. I just kept her busy. We go down to the ring. He's still screaming. And I said, again, you go trotting around that ring. When they ring you in, you just get in the ring and do your test. Do not stop. You can just keep going. <laughs> and yeah. I could never have been, I think I was never more proud of her because she didn't give up. She didn't, at any one point, if she wanted to get off and be done, I would have been, okay, you're, that's okay, fine. Because I didn't know what he was going to do. He was so good. He didn't do anything wrong. He was tense and it wasn't a great score because there was tension in his part. But she rose so well and she got every mark she could that day on that horse and you know she got a low 63 or 4 um, but you know it was just because he was tense and tight and um, I was just wanted to give her a huge hug when she came out because I was so proud of her um, and that's that's you know that's how it goes and then the next day for her freestyle she had a great ride so like yeah, yeah. thank goodness you know yeah and that's well we and, like and you know the national championships right kentucky is is no joke like it's cold and windy and <laughs> very you have to you have to walk along i mean it's it, the venue i mean i'm from there i i know exactly how the venue is if you're in the alltech it's amazing if you're not you're on a hill it can be very cold very windy it's intimidating it can be hard and, um, yep. so it, it, that, that's another thing, right? Like we can't control the weather. And I think that is a little bit challenging when you ride inside all the time. And just, this just literally, you know, there are times where it is going to be cold. It's going to be windy, even in Florida. I mean, we had a really cold, windy oh, show yeah. last weekend. It was really bad. Yes. I mean, you rode Saturday it. Saturday was it, terrible. It was 20, 20, mi- I mean, 20, probably 20 mile an hour winds, but 20 degree wind chill. Like it was cold yep. for Florida. And when it's 80, you know, a couple days before that's, that's painful. And that is part of it too, right? On some level, you know, we ride in beautiful indoors now and, and, you know, very comfortable, but sometimes we, it's an outside sport at the end of the day, like you got to get out and you got to ride sometimes in that weather. Um, so that you are used to it just like anything when you train. So that's something else that, that can, can, it can be really nerve wracking. I don't like to ride when it's like that either. <laughs> Let's be real. Like I'm a chicken. Um, but oh my sometimes yeah, down here, those to. palm trees, they blow and they sound oh, strange when they're blowing, <laughs> they're blowing and it, it, things are flying all over the place and, and iguanas are falling. That's not, that's real. Thing. <laughs> I have like, yet that's to a real see thing. that, but yeah, uh, you, you miss ours. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's really hard, but I think that's too, I mean, you can ride in rain sometimes and you can ride in wind. And, and I think that's, yep. as you show that's, and especially if you're going to come to Kentucky in the, in the, you know, late fall, early winter, uh, it's going to be cold there and it's the national championship. So it brings that much more nerves out. So that is something to train for sure. Agreed. Agreed. 
Yeah. No, I love it. Well, Bobby, these were such amazing things to everybody. I mean, just a, just a topic, you know, to think about for all of us, not just adult amateurs. I mean, we all deal with this as well. And um, I think, again, the more you show, the more you, you experience some of these things and uh, it's just experience. So Bobby, we'd loved your tips. How can our listeners find you online? Um, well, I am on Facebook as Bobby Carlton. Um, the farm has a website, uh, We Talk Stables, W E A T O G U E, stables.com. Um, and I have an email, it's Bobby Carlton at AOL.com. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or any way I can help you. Um, I'd be happy to. Well, thanks so much, Bobby, and enjoy the rest of the Florida season. All right. Thank you. You too. Hopefully, I'll see you over the fence tomorrow. What a beautiful day. Horses in the morning. Well, everybody had a favorite morning drive show in the days we all listened to radio. They were goofy, funny, and entertaining. You can have that again, only this time it focuses on life with horses. We are here every weekday on your podcast player. Search for Horses in the Morning and come join us. We are a little goofy, hopefully funny and entertaining, and you might learn something along the way, too. We are the world's leading daily podcast about horses since 2010, with over 2,600 episodes for you to binge on. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? Pull your phone out of your pocket, blow off the hay, and subscribe to Horses in the Morning. Well, tonight we have Ruth Holgen Polson. She is an FEI rider, trainer, and Paralympic coach. Ruth, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me again. I look forward to these. I know. We love having you because you do so many cool things. And we wanted to talk a little bit about you have been involved with a wonderful program that happens down here in Wellington called the Challenge of the Americas. And we wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about that and what your role is. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic event. Um, I believe the date is March 11th this year. And I think I've been involved with this now for at least 15 years now. Uh, And Mary Ross puts this event on, and it's a challenge of the Americas, as you said, and it's breast cancer benefits. And I don't think there's anybody I don't know that hasn't had some effect of breast cancer in their family or friends. So it's very dear to my heart. My mom had breast cancer when I was in college. And it's always something that I think the research is fabulous to help fund. So I'm the coach of Team Winged Foot, uh, otherwise known as the international team. And my job is to choreograph and make music and try to organize six fabulous Grand Prix riders um, week in, week to week. Uh, we, we start practicing sometime in January. And to get everybody in the same ring, on the same page, on the same pattern, and make it actually turn out the way you envision is quite a feat. Uh, so I'm just started this year on my program, uh, and I just was notified about who my team is this year. Uh, so I have some some people who are have been on my team for a number of years and some new ones. So I'll be looking forward to seeing them, meeting them with their horses who they're riding, and then I get to work trying to 
basically herd cats for the first two or three weeks <laughs> trying to get everybody to go <laughs> where they need to go. I think, yeah, I think it probably helps if you've had some writers that have done it before, you know, I, I'm sure it's kind of confusing to put together a quadrille, uh, you know, with somebody who's, who hasn't done it, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they catch on quick and, and you can guide them around and, but basically in a benefit for breast cancer, it's just a demonstration, right? You know, people are, are riding, you know, in costume to music in a quadrille pattern on, you said it's March 11th. Yes, uh, it, is, it is all of that. Uh, it is a competition of sorts, uh, meaning there there are judges and we get judged on um, the, the technical abilities of what we're doing. We get judged as a team and how we work as a unit. And we get judged on our presentation, so some of the costume work, um, on our artistic side, uh, and the music, of course, just like a regular freestyle. Um, it's kind of interesting to note that the quadrille was named a long, long time ago, and it was used a lot in the cavalry, but it was also used in teaching for helping students regulate tempo and how fast you should go or how deep you need to go in the corner. And so you, you're really organizing your horse as, as normal, but you're also having to really pay attention to your teammates. And anybody who's ever tried to do a pas de deux, which is two or four or six or even eight riders at a time, you, you really have to have a sense of organization with you and your horse as well as all of the other people. So it's, it's a difficult task to work as a unit with six people. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And and we saw when we were in Aachen, they had a competition. So it's, it is in Germany. They had, they, those are teams mm-hmm. of four. It, it is a pretty common event and it was so fun because the teams must have, and they were mostly children. It was what it looked like from the stands, but every club, they must have had to qualify to get to Aachen, but it was right. so cool to see them. And it was a similar type competition. So tell us, I mean, I, I don't even know where one would start hurting the cats. So how do you start? hurting the cats like how does that happen so each year I really feel like oh my gosh that was the best I could ever do and then I have to come up with something better every year um so over the summer I might watch a whole bunch of things like what you're describing in Aachen they have a um actually in Germany a a cup for quadrilles and people send me little patterns and patterns from Western and quadrilles or police quadrilles or cavalry. And I just kind of watch out for new things or hard things. And I start making notes. And then um, I have a few favorite pieces that I might, or movements, I should say that I like to keep in my repertoire, but I like to add new things. So I just start blending my notes together. And then I, you know, I have my sketchbooks that I work from and I give to my riders that have, you know, just an arena sketchbook. And I just start drawing it out to see what it's going to look like. I made my first draft last week 
Um, and this is a Grand Prix quadrille, so we have to show everything. Half, pass, trot and canter, tempies, twos and ones, pirouettes left and right, extended trot, uh, piaf and passage. So we have to incorporate everything. And <laughs> really what I do at the end of the day, once I think I have a pattern, I clear off my long dining room table. And I personally, people are going to laugh at this, but I have uh, six different sparkling water cans, two pinks, two reds, and two yellows. And I name them one and two, left and right, and whoever's riding. And I make my cans go around the dining room table to see how this is going to work out because not only do I want to make the pattern exciting and accessible to my riders, but I want it to also look fabulous for the spectators. So if I have two gray horses, I want my grays sometimes together, or maybe sometimes I want my gray horses at the end of my fan or my pinwheel, and then I have to bring them back together. So it's a kind of a mental puzzle to kind of put it all together in a way that seems really simple and is actually very difficult. Oh, that's cool. And I think this might be, you know, a cool project for, you know, kind of people to take on during the winter, just as something different to do. And and, uh, it's interesting. And, you know, you're, you're, you're working your horse, but you can do it with a friend. And like you said, it's, you know, two, three, four, all the way up to eight, I think would work Mm -hmm. in a 60 by 20. But, uh, you know, it, it, for for those for those people who are artistically inclined, you know, can can you know give that job to somebody like that who who um, could you know take care of the music and then you know just watching some the, some YouTube videos and uh, getting an idea of you know what's what's the different you know the the different interesting patterns that people can do. Yeah, there's so many and there's so many great components about it, which is. One, riding to music accentuates everything in a positive way, generally. And so riding to music is fun, and also riding with your friends is fun. And if you can have sort of a a gatekeeper uh, on the ground who can run the music or be a guide to, hey, Susie, you need to speed up, and hey, Joe, you need to go in the corner more, um, it can be really educational as well, and the horses get into it. Uh, and sometimes when you have a horse that maybe is a little bit afraid of other horses or usually needs more space in a regular warm-up competition or something, this is a fun way to integrate 20-meter circles, changes of diagonal, but all working together. So my question is, how do you pick the music? How do you decide? Because that seems like it would be hard. It is hard. Um, I used to wait and see who I had on my team, and we would have a long discussion meeting over what people's thoughts and ideas were, because as I said in one of my podcasts about freestyles, you really have to love your music. So I recall one year I had probably think five of my six people were all Latin American. So we use Latin American theme. Um, I have used all different kinds. A couple of years ago, I picked 
queen as my theme and it's one of my personal favorites um last time which wasn't last year because we did we were canceled because of covid but i picked bruce springsteen as a theme uh it wasn't as big a music as i have had in the past in terms of volume and maybe downbeats but i also chose to change some of my pattern to be a bit more cohesive as a unit and work more with six people doing all the same thing rather than two groups of three doing things. And it really paid off. Um, and I also wanted to give a tribute to uh, Bruce Springsteen. He's done so much for the equestrian community. So it was sort of a thank you to him. Um, every year is different. I cannot disclose what I'm picking this year. It's a huge secret. <laughs> oh, that's that's too bad. We were hoping to kind of get a, get a little uh, little insight into you know, know. what's we going to were... be happening in March. <laughs> exactly. We're like maybe we would get a little extra. No, that was great. No, I think it's it's such a cool event. If if you're in Wellington and and you can come and visit, it is such a cool event. I and and I've I, you know it's it's on the calendar every year. It's changed a little bit over the years. And and there's a there's I don't know if is there a gala dinner that happens this year. I didn't know if that was happening. I'm not sure if it's happening or not, but the Challenges of Americas has a good website and also Facebook page presence. Um, and Mary Ross is the woman to talk to. I do know that they are doing a lot more this year with live streaming so people all over the country can be able to watch and vote and donate to the cause. Oh, that's so perfect. We're all really that's awesome. That. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. There, well, there's also, I have one more thing to say about how much fun it is for me. And I think my riders too, because, you know, dressage most of the time is such an individual event and you're competing against yourself basically. And this is such a fabulous night because all of these wonderful professionals who are international riders and all from all over the place, they're working as a team and as a unit. And I have made so many great friends over the years that I may not have gotten to know if, if I hadn't been working with them on a team like this. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, and it's just a great event. And Ruth, where you've you've spent so much time and energy. So how can people if they, if they want more information on freestyles, how can they find you online? They can find me at ruthhoganpolson.com and that's P-O-U-L-S-E-N. Fantastic. Well, Ruth, we, we are so thankful for all you do for the organization and we hope everybody goes to the website and will donate as well. It's a great cause. Thank you very much. It was great to be here. tonight we are so excited to have our favorite monthly guest wendy murdoch from the murdoch method back on the show hi wendy hi how are you it's so great to be back happy february yes february means daylight's getting longer and i've already noticed right you're in florida where it doesn't change that much but up here in virginia (laughs) yeah i bet phil's noticing it too that it's changing it's uh absolutely absolutely we're only about a month away from the time change 
Yeah. Yeah. And the weather's getting Good. better. It's it's starting. You can you I always found February up north to be a really difficult month because you were like, it's still gray, but it's it's already it's the end of February. I'm just gonna say getting there. <laughs> well, it was 60 degrees. What is it? 62 degrees outside right now. I know there's a big storm going through the middle of the country, mm-hmm. but um, we have warm breeze and the daylight's getting longer and I'm starting to come out of hibernation because that's what I happens. To me in the You're getting out of your basement for the first time in two years, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my office is in my house. It's in the basement. And so that's where I do all the webinars and, you know, where I sit on my computer on my anywhere saddle chair for six hours and eight hours at a time and keeps my core really strong. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I'm really feeling the urge to get out and this year I'm going to go back to doing some some clinics and traveling and some surefoot workshops and um, I'm just you know I needed the hibernation time I had a lot of stuff to do and we've completely redesigned the surefoot practitioner program and we're, we've almost got the document that's going to explain everything to everybody we're almost finished with that we're so close and I'm, I'm almost finished with my surefoot workbook the first one um, it's I've done the drawings which has been so much fun. Um, and so it's in, we're still finishing up layout. And I know everybody's been asking about it. You know, when's the workbook coming out? It's, it's soon. I keep saying soon, but it really will be soon. And I just feel like this spring, you know, a lot of things are going to happen. It looks like the pandemic's easing off. I'm really got my fingers crossed on that. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, come on. It's, I want to get back to traveling and seeing people because, you know, my friends are all over the world. You know, like you and Phil and just everybody I know. Nobody, no enough of my friends really live where I live. So I I only get to see you guys or talk to you guys like this every month when we talk or when I'm on a webinar. So I'm really looking forward to being able to like get back out in the world. <laughs> yes. I yeah, think we I think, all I think are that's, there. Yeah, that's a sentiment held by everyone, everyone. I talk to. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's really... It's starting to look hopeful anyways. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, we're going to, we're going to stay with that. I love it. Well, Wendy, we were poking around your website chatting right before we got on and I have never, and I go on your website a lot. So I've never seen this physio stick. Please. What is this? It oh, it's amazing. Just, it is so cool. So, so the physio stick was designed by a man named Rob Moses and he's a martial arts. Uh, he, he taught, I think David Carradine don't, don't quote, quote me on that, but an amazing martial artist and he wanted to do something gentler. And so he designed the physio stick and what it is, is it's a curved stick. So it's not straight. Like your whip is straight, right? It's a curved stick and it's curved along what's known as the Fibonacci spiral. Now everybody knows they don't know what that means, the name, but they see it all the time. So that's the spiral we see in seashells. It's the spiral that's on the Da Vinci picture of the man. It's on Sheldon's shirt. If you ever watch Big Bang Theory, which we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's got it's got a narrower p- part of the curve, like it it goes from a wider to a narrow curve. And so what that does is it keeps um, keeps you in motion. And so when I first um, was introduced to physio stick uh, was a friend of mine, Gordon Wicks, and he's here in, in um, locally where I live. And he's a martial artist who's trained with uh, Rob Moses and um, he knows riding and he's worked with riders. And so one day I was visiting him and he pulled this out and I started playing with it. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then he just showed me a couple of quick exercises. I was like, wow, well, that's, you know, teaching people, you know how people 
have such a hard time learning how to switch their whip over correctly. You know, not the stab sword thing, but hand over hand. (laughs) 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 Well, well, um, he showed me just really quickly because of the curve of the, of the physio stick, it naturally rolls over in your hand and you can learn how to do that movement really easily. So I started playing with it. I've actually, um, um, Gordon and I filmed a, a few exercises that are up on the Murdoch method YouTube channel. Because I have two channels. I have Murdoch Method channel and the Surefoot channel. Um, but over on the Murdoch Method channel, there's like four exercises that you can do with it. And you can, it really frees up the shoulders. So what happens with so many riders is they get kind of stuck in a very linear way. You know, they're trying to get their shoulders back and sit up and they kind of jam their arm and they lose the natural movement of our arm. And what you need to know is that all of our joints have a a wider side and a narrower side. So all of our joints work in a spiral action, right? But when we go to the gym and we just work out linear, we're not taking advantage of the way our bones are designed in this spiral. So what the physio stick does is it encourages you to, to find that natural movement again, that type of spiraling motion. And it really frees up your, your wrists and your elbows and your shoulders. And of course, you can even take it into motion into a, like, um, there's video of Rob doing a walking meditation with, with his physio stick. Um, he, he's amazing. If you, you know, there's, um, you can Google him and he's so amazing watching him. He's like water. He flows with it. Um, but I've, I've taken the physio stick and handed it to a rider who was, you know, I mean, she was a nice rider. Don't get me wrong, but there was just something about her contact that was, you know, not quite fluid. And so I, I made sure the horse was okay with it. And I handed her a stick while she was on the horse and she just messed with it. You know, and it's not even like, Yes, there are exercises, but just playing with it starts to free things up. And when she went back to ride, the horse was completely different. Her contact was totally different. The horse was reaching into the bridle. Her arms were softer. Everything had changed in five minutes. So, you know, that's one of the things that I really love about something like that is it's super simple. It, it, yes, you can do formal things with it, but just playing and getting the flow and learning how to just roll it over on your hand and following the curve itself because the one side's more opening. So when you have that side up, it leads you into a more opening kind of arm movement. And when you're following the narrow side, it leads you into a more closing movement, but it gets the shoulders and the arms moving in again, that way our joints are designed. And so it really improves our contact and our, and our ability to follow our horses. I love it. So, you know, Wendy, so curious about this. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like so curious. I'm like, (laughs) when can I see this physio stick in person? But I mean, you really opened my eyes. Gosh, okay, this was before the pandemic, so it's been several years when you were here and we worked together and we used the Franklin balls together and you taught me. I, I still have a lot to learn, but it really opened my eyes to different techniques to help people ride and help people open their bodies. And truly, you know, it's something a lot of technical coaches maybe aren't open to. Um, but I will tell you, you taught me how to use some of these tools and I can, I can line up a number of riders that have, it's absolutely changed the way they ride. So I am a believer. Yeah. I'm a believer. I'm like, when can I get this physio stick? I think, I think, yeah. Wendy is the queen of simple, simple, simple things. 
you know, that don't take a lot of explanation or just, you know, like the Franklin balls or whatever. Just here you go. Play with it, you know, and, and, and you know, maybe maybe you'll discover a few things or or the surefoot pads, you know, um, I, I was able to, you know, learn not from Wendy because she was not crossing the border or whatever at the time, but pandemic pandemic <laughs> problems. But but her. Yeah, she, she had a demonstrator come out and, and I said, OK, show me what to do. And they're like, well, you don't really have to do a whole lot. You just say, you know, you show the horse the pad or, you know, um, and you you can let them decide how to interact with it. And I think this is just another one of those things like or it sounds like I, I, I mean, I'm literally googling the videos i'm on, your, I'm on, your, yeah. I'm on youtube right now i'm kind of doing the same thing and it's just like no no wendy's like no you don't have to use these things in a super specific way it's just play with it find out if it helps you if not okay i don't i mean i don't know like maybe you find one little thing on uh, you know on this tool and and go from there yeah but you've hit the nail on the head because i'm always looking for simple low tech things right i mean yeah i have plenty of high tech stuff and i have messed with tons of high tech stuff but i always find with the high tech stuff you get removed from what you're really trying to do right so like a lot of the simulators that we have you have to look at a screen and so you have to process that through a different part of your brain and then you're trying to translate it into what your body's doing because it's all like reversed because you're looking at a screen but really you know, it's the more the closer we can get to something simple and childlike, and that's for me, um, getting you out of your head and more into the movement of something. Whether that's the Franklin balls that challenge your balance, whether that's the anywhere ch- saddle chair that does the same thing, or the physio stick or the lookup glasses, I'm always looking for a simple way to just tap into the motor part of our brain, the movement part of our brain, and bypass the analytical part because so many riders get so stuck in the the trying to like okay I gotta I've gotta do this I gotta put my hand there I gotta put my leg there I'm gonna blah, blah, blah. and they're not riding they're not riding the horse they're riding an idea right and, and right. we've got to ride the horse so we have to get more into movement and so many people have desk jobs and now you know we're couch potatoes working from home sorry I'm included in that um <laughs> <laughs> no it's um, yeah that that movement is is what we are we're designed to move horses are all about movement but we lose movement when we're sitting at a desk you know and that's why i literally i sit on my anywhere chair for six eight hours a day and i will say i've been doing things with my feet off the floor which i don't recommend if you aren't used to it but (laughs) (laughs) just caveat there keep your feet on the floor but if you're starting out um but you know like i'm amazed at how strong my core is because I'm always in a little bit of movement. I'm not static and I don't have the hip pain that I had from my chair when I used to sit without my saddle chair. So anything we can do to keep the body in movement and it doesn't have to be, you know, hard physical exercise where, you you know, it's just those little postural muscles and the coordinated functions need challenges that are that are small because riding is more about stability with micro movements as opposed to macro movements. Um, And we need to keep those joints fluid. You know, 
when we get older, we tend to start getting some a little bit of arthritis and that sort of thing. But joints need movement to stay healthy. And so anything we can do to keep, um, a, you know, simple movements, easy, doesn't take a lot of thought, you know, doesn't require a lot of training um, that you can incorporate into your life. Like I tell people with the physio stick, just keep it in your desk drawer, you know, and take a five minute break and just play with it. To It just brings that movement back in. And, um, and that's, you know, okay. riding is, that's what it is. It's movement. This movement. I love it. Well, Wendy, where can everybody find all of these awesome tools online? Okay. So all of the, all of those things that I've described are on the Murdoch method website. So you go to murdochmethod.com. That's with an H and um, just go to the shop and under rider aids is where all the toys are. And, you know, you mentioned the stirrup shims and those are on there too. The, the stirrup shims come in at two different widths, wider for like Western stirrups and narrow for English. For Western riders, and I know that most of the people listening are not Western riders, but for Western riders, when you twist the stirrup into position, because of the width of the stirrup leather on a Western saddle, it's like two, two and a half inches wide. Physics dictates that when you put that twist in, the inside edge is lower than the outside edge. And so you either have to angle your foot onto the stirrup or you cock your foot and ride on your pinky toe. And what the shim does is it levels the stirrup to counteract the effect of the physics of twisting that leather. Now, some English riders, um, because the English leather is so much narrower, that isn't really the the reason for the shims. But if you're on a really round-bodied horse or you have a short thigh, you know, kind of a thicker short thigh on a round-bodied horse – the, the stirrup never drops down around the horse's body to come level again. So it's, you know, um, who is the woman on the on the chestnut mare? Debbie McDonald. She had a yep. super, super big horse and she was a short leg person. And I always wanted mm-hmm. to shimmer stirrups um, <laughs> because, you know, you can see when you look from the front that the stirrup doesn't come down enough to get back to level. So it's on an angle. And the minute your foot is angled on the stirrup, you're misaligning your knees. You can wind up with knee pain. And I think she actually wound up having knee surgery, if I recall. Um, And I'm not saying that shimming her stirrup would have fixed the problem, but she's just one that comes to mind in terms of English riders where that physical property of a big-bodied horse with a short-thighed person, the stirrup is still angled. And it's it's one of the minutes in my 55-minute fixes book with pictures to explain what I'm trying to talk about. Um, Yeah. But, yeah. you know, some some people have a misalignment of their foot to their knee. And so I shim them for their conformational um, issues to alleviate knee pain. And other people, it's this um, mechanical, you know, just the conformational issue of the shape of the horse in relation to the rider. And then again, for Western, it's because of the physics of twisting the stirrup into um, a perpendicular position to the horse. Got it. Got it. Oh, it's so cool. Again, you have such amazing tools. So once again, Wendy, how can we find you online? Okay. So murdochmethod.com, go to the shop, go to Rider Aids. You'll find all the cool toys. And of course, my we continue with the webinars. I just had another great webinar today with Dr. Vargas at Spy Coast Farm. She took us on a tour through the so farm. Cool. We saw a horse in the water treadmill. It was really fun. So I've got, I'll get, that'll be posted. So that's on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. And um, we're just going to keep rolling with the webinars because I've got some great guests lined up and, um, you know, as long as I can keep those going, I will because they're fun and people love them. And I, I learn a lot too. So I really enjoy it. 
That's awesome. Well, Wendy, thank you so much as always. And we look forward to next month and your next discussion on, on the fun things that you have. Awesome, Phil. Thanks. It's always great to talk to you guys. And, you know, spring is coming. Let's all just keep our eyes focused ahead on the it's warm coming. weather and daylight. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. We can't wait. I'm with well, you, thank Wendy. you, I'm Wendy. with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for your for your discussions. All right. Take care. Well, Phil, as always, we talk about all the products from Total Saddle Fit and we love them and we use them and we have tested them. And I, as always, don't take the best care of mine. I hose mine off, which Justin would die. But I love my girths and I love my stability stirrup leathers. We use them on all our saddles, on all our horses. So we field test them, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, we're using them every day and, uh, you know, they they hold up great. I do take a little bit better care of, um, yes. you know, my girths and, and, and stuff, uh, <laughs> I do not hose them, but I can't in the, in this weather anyways. So, uh, yeah, the, the fleece girth liners are great for the winter. I mean, the, the way of interchanging the liners on the girths is fantastic. It's revolutionary, I believe. So, um, you know, you can check them out on totalsaddlefit.com. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, for this week's Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, uh, we, you and I are going to do it solo. Uh, and you asked me, what, what were you working on today with the student? And um, one of the things we were working on is getting a clean single flying change. And I think this particular horse that I was teaching today um, is a schooled horse. He knows a flying change. So it's, I'm literally teaching the rider the flying change. So it depends on sort of what scenario you're in. So I wanted to kind of set that stage on the single flying change. So this is a trained horse. He's a schoolmaster. Um, the owners had him for well, a couple of years now. And um, we, she's very successfully shown him lower levels. And so now it's time to work toward third level. So a couple of the things that we were working on, number one is it's hard to keep your excitement together when it comes to flying changes. Does that make sense, Phil? Like everybody gets so excited about a flying change. And yeah, this yeah of course. I mean, it, it is, it's, it is exciting. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, you know, to, to ride a flying change is basically controlling a mini buck or, or something, you know, something yeah. like that, right? The, the horse has to jump up in the air and switch its lead. So, I mean, if you can, you know, do that in the right timing and with the right balance and not, you know, and not fall off more or less, then yeah. it's kind of, it is kind of an exciting moment. And, and that was actually kind of a situation, right? Because my, my student was so excited. She got a flying change. She was like, lean forward and pet him. And then off we were going. And, and <laughs> I, was, I finally said, please stop doing that. I said, sit down and ride your canter. I know this is super exciting and I want you to be excited, but I need you to ride the canter after the flying change. And it's actually similar when you're teaching a horse a flying change. You know, at first you get really excited about good job, good job, but really the horses have to learn that there's going to be a movement coming forward, right? You, you need to finish the flying change and get ready for your next movement and not lean forward and pet them and all the things. And it's easy to do it actually. And, and we still want to do it too. Um, as, as professional riders, it's exciting. So that was the first thing was we were working also 
on staying on the line. So I had her ride a flying chain. She was having trouble with this. So it was one of the reasons the horse was here. Um, I rode him, he, he came down for camp basically in Florida. And, um, I rode him for a couple of weeks just to check on everything and everything was fine. He, the horse was fine. And then I had her, um, show me what she was doing. And I understand now what the problem was. She was riding the flying change and then just turning the horse or not steering after. So he really had no idea what was happening. <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. So that was part of it. And then also part of it was, um, learning the flying change aid. And I think that's really important aid to learn and to think about, um, as you go forward, because it's a little bit, once you do it and you get used to it, you forget what, not necessarily what it is, but how to explain it. So how I explain it. And then Phil, I'll let you explain the way you like to explain it. But I teach people to ride a, a change by going on a, either a a curved line or a straight line, depending on if you're doing a serpentine loop or if you're doing, let's say third level where you come off a circle and then you go straight on a short diagonal. That's what we were working on. So number one, I put her on a test figure because this particular horse, he, he actually felt more comfortable with that. He liked knowing sort of what he was supposed to do. So I said to her, I said, okay, ride the figure from third level, ride a good quality 10 meter circle, um, which good balance, good rhythm, uh, good tempo. This horse was getting a little bit quick. So we were working on that and that he didn't get any faster depending on what we were doing. So that was part of the lesson. And then I have had her go across a diagonal and we, we talked about this before we did it. And I teach people the mantra to go forward, straight, half halt, give your aid. All right. And the aid in this case, uh, let's say we're cantering right and we're doing a flying change from right to left. She was struggling with the placement of her legs, uh, which is a very, very normal thing. And, and, and this particular student, she won't mind me. I'm not using her name, but she won't mind because this is a pretty normal thing. Um, so she was struggling with the position of her legs. So I really had her place the right leg at the girth and the left leg behind the girth. And then when she went to ride her half halt, it's also, it's the new outside rein. So it would be the right rein. And then she needed to swing her hips. That's where she was getting stuck as she was trying to swing her legs, but she wasn't actually moving her body. So, cause trying changes are really done from your hips. So we were practiced that as we stood there and we practiced moving our leg. So the right leg has to go back and the left leg has to go forward. So there's, there's a process to, like Phil said, the kind of playful sort of jump up in the air. You also have to move your body. So we did that and it was no problem. And then we really had to practice riding the canter after the flying change. So that's how I teach it. I teach forward, straight, half halt, move your leg and your hip, right? That's a general term that we do use. It's hard for your instructors a lot to say. So we practice beforehand of what we're going to say. And once um, she did that, it was the horse knew exactly what he was supposed to do. And she popped the change and she was thrilled. So it's actually not as complicated. She was making it actually far too complicated. And the horse was just losing balance and losing also the half halt. So as soon as we got her to do that, uh, she was able to find the rhythm of the flying change and it was much better. So that's what I worked on today, Phil, but I'm going to, I'm going to see how you teach it because, um, you know, everybody teaches it a little bit different and obviously you didn't, you don't, you do know this horse and rider, but you didn't know the situation really. So I'll let you talk about it. Yeah. I mean, every horse does a flying change a little bit different as well. They've all got their tendencies to want to swing. So, I mean, you know, your hips, their hips, they, they want to swing their hips a lot. Right. 
And actually, the more that you can keep the horse straighter, the easier it is. Um, and I know that horses, they, they want to, you know, jump around a little bit through the change. But that actually is counterproductive to um, the balance, you know. And, and so, um, you know, we do a lot of uh, simple changes to really try to, you know, f- figure out the aid. Because, you know, it, it's like a simple change, only uh, you eliminate the walk steps. So yes, I, I think that a lot of riders will will move their body a little bit too much or allow a little bit too much of the horse's movement to kind of take over and throw them throw them around a little bit so you know um especially in third level the line that you ride must be very very straight yes um (laughs) yeah because if it's not then then you're going to have problems later on and so um what i try to get the riders to think about and to do is to say there is a little bit, there is a little jump, but it isn't much. Try to just keep the balance, you know, in the direction that you're going and, and make a change, but less is more. And the reason I said, I mean, because the the judges want to see really big exuberant changes. And so, uh, and, and all the riders have the idea of Isabel or Charlotte or, you know, whoever they admire the most and how, big those Grand Prix horses change um but but that's you know a lot of riders aren't capable of keeping the balance while the horses are are changing so big so what I try to just get get riders to to think about and to emulate is just start with a really itty bitty change that you can keep straight and 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 go from there because if you're riding a horse that knows it depends you know (laughs) if you're riding a horse that knows it then they don't need you to fling your body around and and swing around and because that that will just cause a loss of balance in the, in the horse. Um, you know what what the aim is for your for your first flying changes on a on a trained horse is just very straight, very small change that's in the right timing, and then and then you can work from there to yes. to to make it bigger or whatever. But the biggest problem is that. Um, a rider learning to change is to be going for this big giant change and and then just to kind of mess with the horse's balance a little bit so you might get that kind of a change the first time maybe the second time and maybe the third time but by the time that you've you know done four or five of those big swinging changes stuff starts to happen and this is really common in in people learning changes that you know they 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 ride it through and then they get it once and they're like oh yeah okay then I'll just do more and then they ride it again they get oh oh that was that you know that was a bigger jump oh I'm I'm getting this I'm I'm doing it good and then they go and you know and like I said by the fifth or sixth time you're actually causing the horse to become un- unbalanced and then they can't do a clean change anymore so like I said less is more when you're when you're learning changes um and and then when when you're confident and the horse is confident and you can stay straight then maybe you would go for a a higher score but uh you know learning to do it is is uh you you need a quick little clean change a quick little clean change is much much more productive than uh, than these uh you know big changes that you have in your mind so that that's kind of that's that's why that's yeah. 
kind of what I talk about is like, don't worry about getting an an eight on your first learning how to change. It's you got to you got to get a five or a six before you can get an eight, and and then it'll start to go the right way. But it's it's a personal thing, and and uh, and a very difficult thing. And like I said, you you might get it for a week, and then the next week you're not getting it, and then you're like, oh well, I'm doing the same thing, and then you well, then you know, as an instructor, I come in and say, well. There's a lot of crookedness happening. There's a lot of rushing happening. There's a lot of, you know, but let's just take it back to the beginning and, and do simple changes for, for a few days and, and, and go from there. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Well, I love it. Well, as always, our trainer tips, we'd love to give them to you. And if you have any more, uh, send them our way. We, Philip and I will tackle whatever you got or try to at least. So um, we really enjoy it. So we hope you enjoyed tonight's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. We love all the questions and any comments that you like or you'd like to hear us cover. We we are always open to suggestions. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably on Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, The Murdoch Method, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. 